and welcome to Cyber Unplugged from SonicWall. I'm Will Benton and today I'm joined by Tash Ball, James Musk and Alexis Holmes. Good morning, Will. Good morning, James. How are you? Yeah, really good, thanks. Good start to the year. Pleased to be here. Good, good to have you. Thank you. Tash, how's things? Yeah, they're good. How's things with you? Very good, thank you. Lex, welcome back. Good to be back. Nice to be here. So today we're going to talk about the eagerly awaited 2021 cyber threat report that Sonic will have released this month. Uh, some trends that include a 6% rise in IoT malware, 105% increase in ransomware attacks, and 167% increase in encrypted threats. James, perhaps we could start with you. You could give us an overview of the findings regarding ransomware. Yeah, thanks, Will. So ransomware... In, uh, in what would be one of the worst years uh, ever recorded by Sonic Wall, attack volumes rose 105% to a staggering 623 million. Um, that figure represented an average of 2,170 ransomware attacks per customer and nearly 20 ransomware attacks per second. So, uh, yeah, r- real big, real big rise. So, yeah, even in the worst month of 2020, um, where we observed 37 million plus uh, ransomware attacks in November, it barely exceeded the lowest point for the whole of 2021. So a good representation of just how much growth has gone on. It's a mind blowing 231% year on year growth since 2019. So, uh, yeah, some some extreme growth there. And while the growth in ransomware was unusually aggressive, there were many new techniques being adopted. Double extortion continued to grow in 2021 and a terrifying new triple extortion technique began to take hold as well. So the advice from the NCSC here is definitely do not pay. Um, don't liaise with with uh, with cyber criminals. You know, they're less and less giving data back on payment. So, uh, yeah, be warned. Yeah, great. Thanks, James. I think the head of the UK spy agency at GCHQ disclosed back in October that the number of ransomware attacks on British institutions has doubled in the past year. Three families accounted for 60% of all ransomware in 2021, and they were the same front runners as last year, Ryuk, Samsung, and Serba. James, just talk us through Ryuk. So yes, Ryuk, uh, a well-known ransomware as a service, once again led the pack in 2021. It was observed primarily spreading uh, via phishing and spear phishing campaigns, but also enter networks via compromised credentials or or malware-ready in situation on the, the target's uh, network. In 2021, it, it diversified. A new worm-like Ryuk variant was discovered by France, uh, a French company, ANSSI. Previously, Ryuk had lacked the ability to move laterally through a network. Um, it relied on manual movements to spread, but this new variant is able to self-replicate, so it's even more dangerous. It can infect new machines without the need for human invention intervention. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's gathering pace and... You know, that's what we're seeing is variants of known threats that are on the increase as well. Our real-time deep memory inspection service recorded over 1,200 uh, attacks of new variants um, a day uh, through 2021. So, so yeah, we're definitely seeing a, a, an increase of this type of new variant uh, and targeted attacks. Yeah, great. Thank you. And Lex, just moving on now to um, supply chain attacks. So they're on the rise again uh, and continue to re- wreak havoc in 2021. Uh, perhaps you could just talk us through what a supply chain attack is. Absolutely. Well, actually, they're quite fascinating because they kind of break down into sort of multiple different categories of supply chain attacks. Um, we kind of see software provider-based ones where essentially the criminals will gain access to a third-party piece of software that somebody's using, using that to leverage access into a network and then giving them full access to whatever they need in there. Uh, another type of supply chain attack that we would see is uh, that's happened, a uh, big one back in 2014, was 
for a website builder. So the, sort of the big sites where you can build websites and they have templates and things. They essentially breach that site and then compromise the template. So then every site that is subsequently made by the customers is infected with the malware. Interesting. Thank you. And something that we haven't really touched upon on these uh, podcasts before is uh, CVEs, Common Vulnerabilities and Exposures. Uh, I think they surpassed 20,000 last year. Perhaps you could talk us through what a CVE is. CVEs are essentially lists of vulnerabilities that are stored by the National Institute of Standards and Technology, also known as NIST. And the idea is developers can then patch and essentially fix their software or hardware vulnerabilities that are there. It essentially allows the industry as a whole to work more efficiently than ever, and essentially patching with all these new zero-day flaws. Now, obviously, this year we've seen, you know, hitting over 20,000 for the first time on record with NIST, and they put it down to essentially a more efficient cybersecurity industry finding more vulnerabilities than ever. But the problem is with more and more people sort of having this huge digital transformation as organizations, attack services are growing. So because of that, we're seeing a big growth in vulnerabilities. Now, not all the vulnerabilities are going to be a problem. They're rated on a sort of a one through to 10. And what you'll find is all the bad actors will be using sort of nine and 10 rated pieces uh, or rather nine or 10 rated exploits that will allow them to essentially use a way to get in. Um, the top 10 exploited vulnerabilities from the last 10 years are all except for one remote code execution vulnerabilities. So a really big problem. And actually one of the biggest things that we've seen last year was the log4j vulnerability. Uh, that had the CV number of uh, 2021-4428. Now log4j is part of... Uh, a load of packages that are distributed with uh, Apache servers mainly. Um, and it counts for about 10% of all packages that are rolled out with sort of Linux systems. Um, and if you think how many servers that's distributed out onto the internet and how many people aren't going to be patching all their old web servers, uh, that's going to be a very big problem. Now, it's not just used within Linux, the log4j um, package is also pushed into things like video games, healthcare systems, uh, basically anything that can use Apache, anything that's got a web browser-based interface can have this in there. So it's quite ubiquitous and where it's at. So it can be a really big problem. And so people really need to keep on top of that. And things like the CV database are there to help people understand what the core vulnerabilities are so they can go out and fix them ASAP. Interesting. Thanks, Lex. That's interesting stuff. So, um, Tash, we're going to talk about business email compromise uh, in a moment. So I think the FPI reported last year a total loss of roughly $1.8 billion uh, in, in 2020, and that continues to rise. Business email compromise, what does that exactly mean? Yeah, thanks, Will. So so with business email compromise, I think the, the big thing to note is that it still causes the most financial damage out of any type of attack. And that, and that actually includes ransomware as well. So I think we'll start with what are they? So they're a specific type of phishing attack. They rely on social engineering to trigger human susceptibility to, to plausible requests. So, so what they do, they'll target a specific type of person or role within an organization, typically senior executives, and they'll normally look for, for monetary payment as a direct outcome. So 
As an example of how that would work, attackers would create email addresses that mimic those used by senior executives. So they could either use free services such as Gmail to create an email address, um, or less commonly, they can use phishing attacks to, to gain access to their actual corporate email accounts. Once an attacker has a plausible email account from which they can actually operate, they use those social engineering tricks like establishing rapport, promising personal benefit and invoking urgency, which is a, which is a really big key here, um, to request the target either divert payments on an invoice to the criminal's bank account, solicit payment via a fake invoice or even divert company payroll to a fraudulent bank account. So when you look at the, the threat report, the Osterman White Paper sponsored by Sonic Wall, they deemed these attacks as both highly sophisticated and financially devastating. Um, and the paper estimates that 80% of organizations were targeted by at least one BEC attack in 2021. Um, mid-side organizations, so those of around 500 to 2,500 email users, were even more likely to experience an attack with nearly nine out of 10 seeing an attack last year. And these attacks were often successful with nearly 60% of organizations surveyed reporting, uh, reported being victims of successful attacks. Lex, to me, that sounds like what we might have called a, uh, a Trojan horse back in the old days. Oh, absolutely. Being able to get in and essentially wreak havoc. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. So Lex, malware was down 4% in 2021, interestingly, marking both a third straight year of decrease as well as a seven-year low. What do you think the reason is behind that? Well, that's a really good question. Actually, one thing that we've seen with malware over the last three years, we've actually seen it slowly trend downwards. Um, But what's interesting to see is when you actually look at each year, it appears to be in two halves. And what we see is sort of a, a drop at the beginning of the year and then a big trend upwards towards the end. So this year is an example. Uh, although we're overall down 4%, what we've seen is sort of uh, an initial drop of about 26% at the beginning of the year, but then it kind of spikes back up by another 22% towards the end of the year. Um, and so what this essentially is leading to is sort of a growth in malware long term. I think what we're going to see is, although it's trending downwards, we're seeing bigger and bigger spikes towards the end of the years. So it's quite likely that what we're going to see sort of in the coming years is malware starting to grow once again. Um, So that could well be a problem. Now, within malware, what we've seen is pretty bad for the UK. We've seen an overall 48% year-on-year growth, um, and we peaked in July with that. And within sort of the industries and verticals that were affected, uh, healthcare was affected the worst with a growth of 121%. And overall government with 94% increase. So we've seen sort of in public sector and healthcare, big growth in malware. So not, not a good place to see it, obviously. And obviously when we're looking at healthcare, we're seeing a lot more dated systems that can't be replaced. Obviously, if you've got a, a piece of very expensive equipment that's running something like Windows 7 on it, and obviously you don't want to replace an entire huge piece of expensive equipment just because you've got an outdated operating system. It's these things that can cause really huge problems down the line. 
Yeah, exactly. So um, look, we're moving more into the digital digital age, and currency is is becoming more and more so. So you know, James, I know that you're a, you're a big fan of Bitcoin, uh, but Tash, perhaps you could talk to us about crypto jacking. That was up nineteen percent globally to ninety seven point one million, uh, the most attacks that Sonic Woolworth Capture Labs threat researchers have ever recorded in a single year. Perhaps you could just talk us through that. Yeah, of course. So. So crypto jacking is a type of cybercrime that involves the unauthorized use of people's devices. So whether that be computers, smartphones, tablets, etc. Um, and cyber criminals will use that to mine for cryptocurrency. So in 2021, the number of crypto jacking attempts rose by 97.1 million, which is the most attacks that Sonic Wall's Capture Labs threat researchers have ever recorded in a single year. When looking at crypto jacking by industry, government and healthcare customers um, specifically saw an increase in triple digits, so growing by 709% and 218% retrospectively. Education customers, however, for the second year in a row, uh, the ones that are most likely to see a crypto jacking attack. Fortunately, though, for education customers, the average percentage per month who saw an attack appears to be dropping. So I think it's important to understand how crypto jacking is actually spreading. So in the years past, crypto jacking spread primarily through fileless malware that is installed on the victim's computer via phishing, infected websites, malicious links, malvertising, etc. But in 2021, Sonic Wall Capture Labs threat researchers also observed that crypto jacking spreaded via pirated slash crack crack software, public project hosting websites and, and vulnerable web servers. So the effects of crypto jacking can be devastating. The consequences can be anywhere from slow performance, system crashes, huge downtime and spikes in operational costs as well. Um, as corporate resor- resources are directed away from the intended users to serve the needs of the, of the crypto miners. So it can also underline even wider issues as if a crypto jacker is able to pass enterprise defenses to implement their software. They can also affect other areas of the environment. Didn't um, didn't China kick out all of its uh, miners? So, uh, you know, would we see an effect of that in different regions now? Well, I guess what we're seeing is although they've dropped mining, obviously other regions have picked it up. We've seen it trending down these downwards slightly. But I, I think overall, you know, it still pays out. And one of the things we sort of doing this sort of thing is it's easily to, to sort of deploy it out onto IoT devices. And so because of that, getting it out onto those or pushing it onto unsuspecting workstations, I think we're going to see growth for it again because crypto is still big. While crypto is still a thing, I think we're always going to see crypto mining. I think we'll see an uptake in cryptocurrency from countries that can no longer trade in foreign currency. So I expect crypto jacking will continue to rise. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more with you there, Will. Lex, uh, somebody mentioned to me last week uh, an NFT. What? What's an NFT? Well, it, it stands for non-fungible token, which really doesn't mean a lot to a lot of people. But essentially, it kind of has similarities to crypto in some ways because it uses what's known as a blockchain. So essentially, it's a load of unique um, numbers all kind of linked together. And all you're literally doing is in um, an NFT is you're buying within a particular blockchain a point in a queue. Now, often you will see them link to images, sounds, or videos, but actually you don't own that image, sound, or video. All you own when you buy that is actually a place in the queue. And what we've seen with this big rush to NFT is essentially a lot of organizations that have 
gone out and set themselves up and are basically using other people's artwork and such like to generate revenue. And so there's been a lot of legal ramifications to that. But ultimately, when people think they're buying a unique piece of art, they're not. They literally happen to be buying a place in a queue in a blockchain and there just happens to be a piece a picture next to it. So it's a, it's a bit of a scam to a degree, but uh, just be wary. Interesting. I still don't understand it, and that's not because of your inability to explain it. I think that's my my uh, lack of understanding. But anyway, thank you for that. Um, <laughs> let's look one last thing to finish up on, encrypted attacks. So, Tash, just talk us through uh, what an encrypted attack is and what we've seen in the last 12 months. Yeah, 100%. So to start with a description, just for those that don't understand it. So in simple terms, TLS or transport layer security is used to create an encrypted tunnel for, for securing data over an internet connection. While TLS provides legitimate security benefits for web sessions and internet connections, cyber criminals increasingly use this encryption protocol to hide malware, ransomware, zero-day attacks, etc. within it. So traditional security controls, such as legacy firewalls, they, they lack that ability or processing power to detect, inspect, or mitigate cyber attacks sent via HTTPS traffic, making this a, a really successful avenue for attackers to, to deploy and execute malware. Encrypted threats have actually increased 167% year over year. And in 2021, Sonic Wall recorded 10.1 million encrypted attacks. That's almost as many as 2018, 2019, and 2020 put together. So... That meteoric increase was driven by triple-digit increases in in North America, Europe, and Asia, where attack volumes rose 220%, 142%, and 201%, respectively. So not a single region showed a decrease in 2021, which is is quite scary. So when looking at encrypted attacks by industry, again, the education sector faced a deluge of attacks in 2021, but it it wasn't the only one. Um, On average, 8.8% of education customers saw an encrypted attack in a given month, compared to 8.2% of government customers. Retail customers, on the other hand, were comparatively spared. Um, An average of just 2.7% of customers actually saw an attack per month. But while trends uh, were all over the place, two commonalities held across industries. The percentage of customers who actually saw an attack was at its lowest in January, and all industries saw a spike in August that disappeared actually as quickly as it came in. Great. Thank you, Tash. No worries. So do you guys want to hear a cybersecurity joke? <laughs> Go for it. I uh, yeah, I take this job really seriously, and um, I put a lot of effort in last night to find one that I could actually understand. I thought I knew cybersecurity, but <laughs> I didn't understand any of the punchlines. So uh, clearly we need to educate a little bit more. Anyway, um, what's the best way to catch a runaway robot? <laughs> Don't know. What is the best way to catch a runaway robot? Use a botnet. But oh. <laughs> a bunch. No, no, we didn't say dad jokes. We didn't say dad jokes. <laughs> I just challenge you all to find a better one for our next podcast. <laughs> And James, so if anybody wants to download the 2021 threat report, where can they find it? Uh, you can hit us up on sonicwall.com forward slash threat report and you can make your download there. Excellent. Thank you, team. Thanks very much. I think we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll close there. Guys, thank you very much for your time. Thanks, Will. Bye-bye. My pleasure.